From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. It's Live Bet Sunday. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Barles, Ben Wilson, Danny Burke alongside. We got a lot happening. Let's start in Cleveland where Brandon Staley is uh, going to hear it this week if the Chargers lose this game on fourth and two with Cleveland out of timeouts with a little bit over a minute to go, goes for it in his own end of the field, and an incomplete pass to Mike Williams gives it back to Cleveland. Now one first down for the Browns, and the Cleveland Browns, Danny Burke, are already in KD York range. Brissett taking a shot to the end zone, and it's incomplete. But with 20 seconds to go, the Browns are in range here, are ready for KD York with 20 seconds to go, and... Look, this was a big talking point last year with Brandon Staley and the fourth down decisions. That was probably his worst one other than the fourth and one last year in Vegas in week 18 at his own 24-yard line. But this one may very easily yeah. cost him the game. Yeah, you just didn't really need to do that. And we're all pretty big advocates of being aggressive in situations where it's fourth and short, but not necessarily like that with how this game has gone on your side of the field. I mean, that one's kind of obvious, man. It's hard to defend you when you're doing something like that. You can't defend that play call. Even if they get it, you're still like, wow, they probably didn't deserve to. And I, I, that's risky. I mean, even the play call with it, you're passing it pretty far downfield. I don't know what they're expecting there. Your defense hasn't been able to do anything all game. And now clearly you can set up Cade York, who's hit a monstrous game winner before. It was a boneheaded decision to say the least. It's insane. 
It was an end of look. And, yeah, and say this to uh, Jeff. I mean, yeah. you, Austin Eckler has averaged 11 yards a carry today. I mean, it's like I, I it's honestly, as much as we can skewer the actual decision to go for it, this is a classic case, though, of where analytics have to be taken into context every time they're presented because analytics did say go for it. And it was by a wide margin, about 11% win probability difference by going for it versus punting. York here from 54 is. He got no away good. with it. So Staley wow. will get away, got away with, with it. it. But that's the classic case of these coaches can just point to analytics post game and say, well, the numbers said that was the right play. But you have to take in the context of the time score situation and where you're at on the field only because Jacoby Brissett made two uh, pretty errant passes back to back. Browns get negative one yard after getting that incompletion on fourth down. And you, you force a rookie kicker into a 54 yard field goal that he misses. Only because of that does the decision actually look like, okay, you can, you can justify it. So this is a classic case of as much as we can say, all right, well, the numbers and percentages might dictate a certain play call. Even if that's the case, there's still so many other things you have to take into account as a head coach. And Staley, uh, this is really the first big decision he had this year and uh, made, made the wrong call, but gets, gets away with it. Here you go. If you, were, yeah, if you were on the Browns earlier after they went up to plus three, if you waited, if, if you were on them early, you're great. If you waited too late, you uh, you lose out in a classic case of uh, making sure you're shopping around for the right prices on numbers and, and just saying, well, just because it's inside three, that doesn't matter. We're seeing more and more guys. Games are landing on one and two a lot more often than mm -hmm. they used to for a variety of reasons. But it is you, it, you are you are hurting yourself as a better if you just say, oh, well, just because a game is under three. That doesn't really matter in the long in the, in the grand scheme of things. Right. It does. And today was a great example. I uh, by by the way, while you while we were talking about this, Kenneth Walker 69-yard touchdown run to give Seattle the lead back in New Orleans at 32-31 with six and a half to go. And uh, look, what one of the major stories of this year, guys, is we've we were very we were all front and center on Thursday with what Denver did with that lack of offense. Russell Wilson's been horrible this year. It's pretty comical to see Seattle. Three days after whatever you want to call that from Denver on Thursday night in a game where Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks on the road at a, at a pretty darn good defense for that in New Orleans have 32 points and Ben are averaging nine yards a play. Nine yards Crazy. a play. Right now for the Seahawks. Geno Smith, he's, he's been a top five statistical quarterback in There's the league. There's no arguing uh, and, you know, well, <laughs> the, the other thing on this, too, I mean, we and we talked a little bit about it in the preseason where we wondered, all right, what would be the drop-off from Sean Payton as a head coach to Dennis Allen? And I think a lot of us said, well, Allen's been there, so it shouldn't be that big. And they became a very popular, trendy pick to take the NFC South crown. I've been so unimpressed for, on a week-to-week on -week basis with, with Dennis Allen's scheme, his game management. He's not a good head coach. I mean, we have the data. You could say, well, he was a bad situation in Oakland. And as I say, that Taysom Hill breaks Taysom off Hill. a big run. Hill See goes, yeah, oh, he gets caught from behind, oh, but no, it doesn't in. matter. He's, he's in. in. Touchdown. Mm -hmm. Okay, despite that play just happening, we can, I think, all agree <laughs> that Allen, Allen's game management has been really lackluster been through, very through weird. five weeks. And I get that he's at, he, I get that he's had injuries. I get that there's a bunch of excuses you could lay out, but to me, he is a bottom 10 head coach. And it's, and it's a, it's a, that's, I don't think that's a, a, that shouldn't be a controversial statement to make whatsoever. I don't disagree with you. And by the way, we have to, we have to turn our attention to this ridiculous game in DC real quick. Cause the Washington commanders are in the red zone down by four with under 30 seconds to go. 
So the Commanders, of course, this game is a pick them right now. Washington is actually plus 105 to win the game. We're down by four, 24 seconds to go. Again, this is a big game for Tennessee that all of a sudden, if they win, they're in first place alone in the AFC South. If they lose, the Colts are in first place. As Wentz goes to the end zone and is way too high, that a flag? Oh, that's a flag. That is a flag. As uh, the flag white the, the white oh, balancing man. on the camera doesn't really help us out there. Uh, but uh, Washington's going to have first and goal inside the five-yard line. That is, Benny, you think that's the right call? I think it is. Yeah, look, a little the throw is a little high, but I mean Fulton's all over him and is grabbing pretty aggressively. So it's hard to say that it, it's hard to say there wasn't the opportunity to catch that ball because he didn't even let him raise up for it. So probably the right call. Look, so Washington burned a timeout because Ron Rivera challenged on a third and one play at the start of this drive. He was challenging the spot where Washington came up short. That's huge because Washington lost that challenge, had to go for it on fourth and one. You're now out of timeouts, 19 seconds left. Vrabel will call a timeout here to set up his defense, but it's, it's a fascinating decision point, guys, because I would argue you, you, could, you still could run, do a running play up the middle. You would still have time to get back on the ball and either spike or throw quickly into the end zone. Still have time, even if you didn't get that then for a fourth down. I, I mean, it's, the question becomes, though, how much trust do you have in, in Carson Wentz in a situation like that? Uh, and I don't know what Ron Rivera will elect to do here. The running game has not been doing much of anything today uh, for, for Washington. If you look at it overall, two and a half yards of carry on 14 attempts. So uh, what, what a moment here. And we've talked about, you know, the AFC South, how weak that is. This is a pretty massive sequence coming up for the Tennessee defense. It, it is, again, a division that stinks, absolutely stinks this year in the AFC South. And, Look, any any team, it's a race. Let's face it, it's a race to eight wins, even in a 17-game season. Uh, and this would go a long way for Tennessee to have a shot as Wentz. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was, but he's that? very lucky. He's very lucky that ball was, was that? So, that ball was so poorly thrown that it couldn't be corralled in bounds. So uh, we'll try again if you're Washington on second and goal. Uh, with 13 seconds to go. By the way, in New Orleans, again, that game is the most interesting spread dynamic of the day. Two-point conversion after the long Taysom Hill touchdown run, good. So New Orleans is now covering the number yet again at 39-32, but still a lot of time left, 5.20 to go in a game where no one's really been able to stop anyone down in the bayou. Uh, Geno Smith has been great. Taysom Hill has been great today for uh, their respective squads. Here we go in Washington, though. Wentz uh, looking over the middle. That intercepted. Almost picked. Should have been picked. No, incomplete. All right. Wentz is going to do whatever it takes I, to try to lose this you, game. You, you, I mean, you know who what? wants I, to lose it more, you, right? You know what? I don't, I don't care that you have six seconds left and technically have two plays. Run the ball on this play if you're Washington. Yeah. If you give Wentz another shot, what? he's throwing an interception. Wentz could have run that in. Wentz could have easily this, run this, that this in. Cut. Tyson. This has the uh, this has the Wentz Wentz rolls out and throws the ball away and accidentally takes up. Uh, oh, they put three no, they put three seconds, seconds back on. Back on. That's yeah, that's very fortuitous. <laughs> I was going to say, and, and Washington's been Washington's been horrible in these situations all day. One for ten on third downs, but this kind of feels like designed rollout where Wentz does something really stupid. Here we go. Wentz oh, he's got him. Quick, and that is picked. Picked, of that course. Picked. Yep, there it is. Told you. Oh, no, and, oh no, and for the teaser implications, they're running it back. No, he's good. Just go You're down. done. All right, it's over. Go down. It's over. Uh, so, I, look, I, I, again, I, that was that was Wentz. so obvious that was going to happen with those first two throws. 
Yeah. He, the first throw on the first and goal from the one, he was thrown so poorly that they couldn't intercept it in bounds. The second one he threw into triple coverage, unfortunate not to be picked. And then that one was picked. So the Titans win and cover 21-17 final in D.C. The Tennessee Titans left for dead after the first two weeks are now three and two and have sole possession of the AFC South lead. And Washington, at least, Ben, I got this right preseason. The Washington Commanders at this point, them and the Houston Texans, two worst teams in the NFL. You were all over that, and the, the total moved an entire uh, an entire win down on Washington. And, uh, yeah, it's funny that the, the, the last two weeks, their lines have been the most odd kind of fishy, like, all right, stay, stay careful on these lines types of games where it didn't make any sense that Dallas was only laying three. Didn't really make a lot of sense that the move came to Washington in this game with with how little we've seen offensively from them. But I don't I don't know if this is the team, Jeff, or maybe the respected money in the market just kind of expects. All right, eventually the level has to come up a little bit. But we have a lot of data that tells us exactly what type of quarterback Carson Wentz is at this point in his career. And I'll say it again. I know I've been a broken record every week. I don't care how good your defense is or what you have personnel wise on that side of the ball. If you're getting nothing from your quarterback and your offense for 60 minutes, you could have the 85 Bears defense. You're not slowing down teams over a 60-minute game when, you're, when your defense is left on the field the entire ball game, and that's what's happened for Washington week in, week out here. Real quick, guys, the only game that started already in this late slate, we already have a score. The San Francisco 49ers with a touchdown on their opening drive to take a 7-0 lead over Carolina. We'll give you the updated line on the other side. By the way, touchdown how about Tevin Coleman in his return to San Francisco with a touchdown for the Niners we'll update you on that game we'll also update you on the New Orleans when we get back here on Live Bet Sunday from LinkedIn News I'm Leah Smart host of Everyday Better an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. 
Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. The NHL season has officially begun and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VEASAN Hockey Season Prep Guide is available now with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, season-long trends to watch, plus three new things every new better to the NHL should know. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those who are new to hockey betting. Give yourself an edge this season and get the VEASAN Hockey Season Prep Guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles, Danny Burke, Ben Wilson here on Live Bet Sunday. Uh, ben in New Orleans. The Saints are going to have a second down and eight coming out of the two-minute warning, leading 39-32. If you think Seattle can pull off what would be a stunner here, they're 20 to one on the money line. And we saw on a third down play, Seahawks, as you talked about, Jeff, moving the ball at just a ridiculous clip, nine yards of play, doing whatever they wanted. Third and two at their own 33. And Geno Smith takes a 14-yard loss on a sack for a guy who had just a tremendous day today. And you look at the numbers right now, 16 to 25, 268 through the air and, and three touchdowns. But a poor time to take that. Just kind of, it was one of those weird broken plays where he was just trying to playground it running all over the place and ends up taking a huge loss. So I don't know how, how much confidence you can have in Seattle getting, uh, getting a stop here, especially because now you have you know, first and 10 Seattle only has one timeout left and the balls at about midfield. So tough spot to be in for the Seahawks and talk about a game. that's had a, had a flip based on the spread here with that, uh, four, you know, four and a half to five to five and a half point line. Uh, what three, four different flips here guys over the, the final about 20 minutes of game time here. You had Seattle take the lead outright. You had Seattle go for two down six. 
you had New Orleans have to make a two to go back up seven. Been a while. And by the way, this is truly the Taysom Hill game today, guys. One of one passing, 22 yards. That was a 22-yard touchdown pass to the tight end, Troutman. On the ground, nine carries, 112 yards, and three touchdowns, Danny Burke. This is the game that Sean Payton, even though he's not there, had been dreaming of the whole time. Well, it's so funny, too, because it's not like it's anything unique that's happening with the offensive play calling. You know what you're going to get when Taysom Hill's in the game, yet they're still finding the gaps. He's still finding a way to have success. And at this point, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why even go back to Jameis if you can't? Jameis hasn't proven he can do anything right now. And you have a plethora of weapons. That's the thing. I mean, you see Kamara, when he's healthy, it's a completely different team. And if Taysom Hill can keep moving the ball, again, why switch it up right now? But you guys were having the conversation about that. Dennis Allen earlier and you know at first to begin the season well not even I guess it was just a Tampa Bay game the Saints defense clearly has taken a step back if you're letting Geno Smith and the Seahawks drop 30 plus on you there's got to be some concerns with your former defensive coordinator now as your head coach what the heck's going on on that side of the ball yeah I look no no arguments from me uh, on that one, Danny, uh, just uh, the only other game going right now, but we have two games starting in a few minutes, so we'll preview those in a second. The 49ers and the Panthers, San Francisco went right down the field, scored a touchdown. Carolina went three and out. Ben, this is going to be a long day for the Panthers. Right now, 49ers, 13-point favorites live, up 7 nothing with a total of 42. I was going to say so much for the letdown on a short week cross-country road trip for San Francisco. Seven plays, 75 yards, you go right down the field. And for Carolina, too, and we've seen this kind of seep into the rest of their offense when Baker Mayfield, when he's in a position where he doesn't represent a threat whatsoever, makes life really difficult on Christian McCaffrey because we've seen these teams, and we knew coming in, San Francisco, fewer than four yards of play allowed defensively, best in the league. We're going to just stack the box against him. So, you know, you come out and you at least try to establish the run. McCaffrey picks up nine yards on the Panthers' first play from scrimmage. They let Baker Mayfield try to take a shot. Shocker, wide right on a on a short pass looking for DJ Moore. Those two have been unable to connect basically all year. So in third and one, it's like, all right, let's just give the ball back to McCaffrey. Pretty easily convertible situation. No, San Francisco again, nine in the box. He's stonewalled. Matt Rule decides to punt on fourth and inches and not wanting to turn the ball over in his own 25. And that last sequence, I mean, that's been the story of this Carolina season so far. When you have zero confidence in your quarterback and he's erratic and missing throws left and right, it just works its way and bleeds over into the rest of your offense. And you can't get away with that against a defense like San Francisco that's already uh, stingy to begin with. So could be a long three hours there at, at uh, Charlotte uh, here today, this afternoon. I forgot earlier when I was bringing up the worst teams in the league. I don't know why I forgot Carolina. You, yes. They probably I was are. Waiting the, for you to mention they, them. <laughs> they, they, they probably are the worst of the worst at this point because Houston's at least been in every game. Washington, again, I, I think if you had competent quarterback play, you might probably would have won the game today. And this Carolina team, I, Danny, we are less than two years removed from Baker Mayfield nearly leading the Cleveland Browns to the AFC title game. And now, if Sam Darnold was healthy, would probably be, be being benched for Sam Darnold. That's how bad it has gone so quickly for Baker. In 
they honestly don't have the worst. I mean, like you have Christian McCaffrey, you have DJ Moore, you have enough weapons to make something work offensively. How much of the blame gets attributed to the coaching staff? Probably a sizable amount, but also like you mentioned, I mean, Baker clearly is not the same quarterback that we've seen from a couple of years ago. The injuries have caught up with him. It's probably something in his psyche too, about just how everything was handled from his time in Cleveland. Now the pressure being put on him with Carolina and he's just not surrounded. I think with the right coaching at this point, more so than the weapons, but also what you're seeing is just a lack of talent. He's just really not progressing in any facet of the game. And he, at this point, I mean, he's just playing like a backup, but even you'd want more out of the backup. You just have too much to not produce more if you're Baker Mayfield. And this is a team a lot of people preseason thought could be sneaky competitive. That has not been the case whatsoever, Jeff. Uh, you know, it's just one of those where – you kind of just have to look at look at the coaching staff. They bring in McAdoo, who we know yeah. is, is not a not a Mensa member as the offensive coordinator. It's just <laughs> it's just we're just one of those where sometimes it's just sitting in front of you. Just don't overthink it with Carolina. And uh, so far, a bad start. Even though they just dropped what should have been an interception from Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, let's go to these two late games that have not yet started. Let's start in Arizona. Danny Burke, the Philadelphia Eagles are five point favorites at Arizona. 48 and a half the total. Danny, this has been an odd odd game spread-wise. That number has not moved the whole week. Yeah, and it's just kind of in that dead spot of five and five and a half. And and when usually you get a game at that point, I'm like, I, there's a reason it's in that ugly spot. I just want nothing to do with it. But I do think there is an angle you can approach in this game, and it seems pretty obvious, but we kind of correlated it. Uh, last week with a live bet on Arizona, but conversely, how about you consider the Eagles in the first half? Arizona's allowing 16 and a half first half points per game, which is dead last. Conversely for Arizona, they're averaging the least amount of first half points per game in the NFL at just four. In Philadelphia, they're averaging 23 first half points per game, which is the most in the National Football League. Again, it seems obvious, but there are some books where you could lay three with Philadelphia for the first half spread. You could also look at the Eagles potentially team total over 13 and a half widely available. I'm going to be getting involved in some kind of capacity, probably just end up going with the Eagles minus three in the first half and just see if that hot offensive Philly continues. And the lack of that on the side of Arizona mm -hmm. also persists. Man, any you, Jeff, here? you mentioned how there's been uh, there's been no movement, really, which is that to me is what's a little alarming, at least if you're looking at this from the Philadelphia perspective, where the market, for the most part, has supported Philadelphia every single week. And you would think, as Danny, you laid out, like this would be the obvious first-half play, which is why it concerns me a little bit. Right. I mean, <laughs> as much as the numbers are, are so stark, and Philadelphia, 85 points in the second quarter alone. That's an NFL record for most points in a single quarter through four weeks. Arizona's getting outscored 31-0 in first quarters, and it's in the, what, the 65-10 range for first halves. Presumably, and I say I, – I, I say this by saying presumably you would think Arizona at a, at a certain point would figure out ways to be at least somewhat efficient coming out of the gates in first halves. And you would think for Philadelphia, it's kind of a random stat that you just happen to have these explosive second quarters where they didn't come out all that impressive against Jacksonville. It just so happened that the turnover platter for the Jags began in the second quarter. Didn't look all that impressive against Washington in the first quarter. That was a nothing, nothing game. And we saw a failed challenge by Ron Rivera or I should say a challenge he should have made that he didn't that would have stopped the Philadelphia drive that led to the 24 point outburst there. So I still think those, those numbers on the Eagles side are maybe a little bit overblown right now. 
I just can't trust Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona to actually figure out ways to scheme them, scheme their offense to a, a degree that gives you any confidence in, in these first halves of games. That's why I'd stay away, stayed away from the overall game too. But it is interesting to at least see some of the support slowly trickle in on Arizona in a spot that on paper looks really ugly for them. Let's get the other one real quick. Rams and Cowboys. This line has bounced all over the place. Four and a half at the bottom, seven at the top. We're going to close Danny five and a half here on L.A. Uh, this spot is so gross all around. I, I feel like I have more of an inkling to this being a get right spot for the Rams and almost a buy low with the spread. And you see Cooper rush kind of come back to reality. So I lead Rams haven't touched anything. The Rams in the contest, but it's just one of those. You hold your nose and hope for the best yeah. going against a consensus play in both major conferences in Dallas, by the way, uh, I, I don't think we gave justice to how bad that roughing the passer call that essentially ended the game was in Tampa. <laughs> It's probably the worst uh, penalty call in the history of the league. And I don't think it's an understatement. (laughs) And it was Jerome Boger. You're not wrong. Color me shocked on that one. We're back with more Live Bet Sunday. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Football season is in full swing, so everything you need to know before betting this week, you should subscribe to VSIN Pro. With VSIN Pro, you get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks and a glance recap of top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, 24 7 video, season prep, pro tools, which include our betting splits, and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to help your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get VSIN Pro access to everything we do now through the Super Bowl for just $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. VEASAN.com slash subscribe before all your options. Happy to be with you. It's Live Bet Sunday. I'm Jeff Parles at the South Point. Ben Wilson's at Circa. Danny Burke is in Chicago. And Ben Wilson, while we were gone, a lot of chicanery right out of the gate at SoFi. A complete disaster for Matthew Stafford and the Rams. And we wondered how would a patchwork offensive line down to its third center with inexperience at left tackle replacing the retired Andrew Whitworth fare against this dominant pass rush of Dallas uh, answer. Not great because Matthew Stafford on the first drive third and one gets strip sacked on basically just a straight bull rush. Uh, Armstrong gets the forces, the fumble uh, Demarcus Lawrence picks it up, goes 19 yards for the touchdown botched hold on the PAT. So it ends up being a, an aborted PAT attempt. Six nothing Dallas, and as much as it's nice to say, we talk about this in in-game betting, where it's like, oh, a cheap score, kind of a fluke that might represent really good value, and the Rams are basically now a pick'em or minus one and a half live. I don't know that this really qualifies as one of those spots because this was the classic case where that—that's the one area we all had concern on. Even if, as we just talked about, uh, the general consensus was was that the Rams were in a pretty good bounce-back spot to begin with. So for me, it's not one of those where having not seen the Cowboys offense at all yet on the field and only seeing three plays from the Rams, I'm not going to jump in yet and take this. Uh, it's, it's not a, not an overly <laughs> optimistic start though. If you were at least thinking the Rams would get right offensively and about as worse of a uh, worst case scenario, you could possibly drop if you're Sean McVay here right out of the gates. You know, this is again, this is in Danny, you, you kind of had a little bit disgust when we were talking about this game earlier because it was one of these weird games where we expect at some point Cooper Rush to to regress. We expect yeah. 
the Rams to at some point show that they're still at least a solid football team. But it was just one of those, like, with your, we know the spot situation, but watching these teams with your eyes through the first four months, first, first four weeks, I should say, Dallas Cowboys have been clearly the better football team between these two teams the first four weeks of the season. I mean, honestly, they have it, especially on the defensive side of the ball, right? They've been a revelation in terms of what we expected them to be after they lost some key pieces, but they've really been holding this team up incredibly strong. And I mean, look, Cooper Rush has been great too. We, we got to give him a lot of credit and you get a lot of help from both Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and in the, in the backfield. But uh, I know Ben was talking about live betting in this game. And I still feel like the Rams are the rightful side in this game. I mean, fluky start. If anything, I'm kind of happy that occurred because then that gives us a better opportunity to live bet the Rams. I'm seeing one and a half or minus a buck 32 on the money line right now. Cause again, it, it's something weird. It's just like an odd place. So it's not anything necessarily that you give so much more credit to the Cowboys about because we need to see them get a full drive in the mix. But I'm also going to wait here, Jeff. I'm going to see if the Rams have to punt away and then see how much more the line also alters after that. Because it's not like I want to jump in right away assuming the Rams are going to score. No, they have clearly been stagnant offensively. So I'm sure we'll get a better chance here with the Rams soon enough. Yeah, again, my big concern here, even though uh, this was used in the contest, uh, you know, it's just one of those where when you're going with a bad offensive line against a pass rush that you know is good, it's kind of dangerous to be involved in those type of games. Uh, Even Mm -hmm. with, again, the spot being, to to most, a Rams spot. Again, I know that's ironic to say with the Cowboys being a consensus play in both major contests, but... Uh, so far, uh, the the Ram offensive line has really looked awful so far in the first four weeks, and especially so far in the first few minutes of this game. Ben, uh, going to Charlotte, uh, Carolina, after a George Kittle fumble, gets in field goal range, and then Shankopotamus. Eddie Pinheiro strikes again. Danny's favorite former Chicago <laughs> Bear kicker. Yeah, 10 play, 33-yard drive. Fourth and two at the nine or twenty-three. I, I I agree with Matt Rule at least wanting to get points, but you do consider how hard points are likely to come by against a 49er defense this good, leading the league in most defensive categories. And as we just talked about, you don't have much confidence right now in your quarterback. That and again, Mayfield has had had missed another short throw in that in that sequence, even though he dumped it off to McCaffrey on the third and long from third and 13 to at least get them into a fourth and manageable. So don't blame rule for settling for three. The issue is when you've already made a couple of big mistakes here in this game and to then miss a 41 yard field goal, uh, you just can't really afford to make those sorts of careless mistakes against San Francisco. And you think about where this thing with this thing closed. And we actually saw a little bit of late movement to Carolina closing down to six on the San Francisco side. I don't know how you you guys felt about it, but the only rationale you could really make for betting Carolina was the pure spot for San Francisco. Uh, Certainly, Niners got an edge, the fact that this was a later start as opposed to the 10 a.m. West Coast time. But uh, if if that's your only justification for making a bet, I always feel like you need a little bit more than just that. I mean, like I would have picked Carolina if you made me to either way, but not enough conviction to actually make a play on that side. And again, there's got to be more in a handicap than just a situational spot. And we've seen that situational spot dispelled pretty quickly here, regardless of what happens down the stretch uh, in this game where San Francisco looks clearly to be the right side. Just a matter of can Jimmy Garoppolo keep that offense moving forward? Can they avoid the mistakes? Kittle already has made one on the turnover front for the Niners. If they avoid that, this could be a run out for San Francisco. And I see the live line at 
12 and a half in some spots. It's it's not one I want to play just because of the, the lack of confidence I have in San Francisco's offense generally, but that's the only side I'd probably be looking at right now. How much longer can Carolina, let's say San Francisco runs Carolina out today. How much longer can the Panthers let this keep going with this coaching staff, Danny? I mean, they probably... <laughs> From our expectation, we're all probably figuring the 49ers had the big advantage. I, I Ben put it perfectly, though. The only reason you'd really back Carolina is because of the so-called situational spot. But I think San Francisco was an incredibly popular teaser play, too, coming into this. So I, I think them losing this game isn't going to be taking anybody back or anything like that. I, I think if they get a good offer, I don't know what the rest of their schedule is looking like coming up, Jeff, but if they have a game where clearly they could have an advantageous spot to where they should win. And if they don't, that's when you got to cut off Matt rule. But uh, look, the writing's been there. You, you knew this wasn't going to have success after the first couple games. You thought, all right, maybe Baker can be kind of revitalized here in Carolina and it just hasn't worked and Matt rule hasn't done anything successful. It's such a hard transition to come from college to go into the NFL, especially with a team that you got to build from the ground up. So if they lose a spot that they probably should win, this isn't one of them. Then I think that's when you give them the cutoff, but I don't think it's going to occur after a game like this. I don't think it's going to happen either after this, but here's Carolina's schedule at the Rams, the bucks at Atlanta at Cincy, Falcons Jeez. at home on a – oh, my goodness. Wait, wait. What are the wow. Rams doing? Blocked so, points. Oh, my – okay. So, so the Rams' day so far has been strip sack, fumble, touchdown, and blocked punt. And there's about 80% Rams uh, – Cowboys, Cowboys fans. fans. at the SoFi Stadium as well Jeez. to add insult to injury. Also, oh, man. But also, while we were talking, Jalen Hurts touchdown. So, Philadelphia on their opening drive goes Let's down go. the field and scores to go up six to nothing. Guys, as we all expected – the NFC East, the king of the National Football League <laughs> right now, where you have you have a, if the Eagles can win as a five point favorite, would move to five and zero. Oh. If the Cowboys can hold an early lead, four and one. The Giants, of course, winning as a big underdog today in London against Green Bay, four and one. And then there's the Washington Commanders who stink. So there you go. There's your, your NFC East that all of a sudden looks pretty formidable in what is a very wide open. NFC playoff picture right now where the, the NFC East could get three teams if the Giants are able to yeah. hold up and the Cowboys look like the Cowboys we've seen this past month when Dak Prescott likely returns next week for that Sunday night showdown against Philadelphia, Danny. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of just like laughing here to myself as you're talking about divisions and sorry to take it a little bit in left field, but I wanted to ask Ben this really quick before we go to break, oh, just please. thinking about divisions and all the shenanigans. Ben, when you're looking at the NFC North right now, I don't know what the number is going to be for the Vikings, but how could you, not you just in general, but I do want you to answer, like how could anyone have confidence in betting on Green Bay up to this point? Even before this season, I think all the value lied with Minnesota, and I know the Vikings haven't looked clean, but the Packers have been that much worse with already a loss to Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know how you have confidence in either of those either of those teams at the top, but as you said, when you have at least the current tiebreaker for Minnesota right now, yeah. and you think about how Minnesota's gotten away with some really poor performances, you figure that things, usually we see this, these rookie head coaches struggle early with game management. Say, say what you want about O'Connell, and I've been a big critic of his so far, but they've gotten away with a couple poor performances with wins. You assume that will get better. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that, Danny. And we're starting to see, I think, some of the issues on the Green Bay side get exposed. We can have a longer conversation on that after what <laughs> happened earlier today. But that 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 is that much has been obvious. I, I look, we can continue this discussion because these games right now may not end up being the most interesting. We could have some discussions <laughs> about what we've seen through the first five weeks of the NFL. Uh, our pro tip of the hour coming up next on Live Bet Sunday. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. And it's never been easier to join in on the action with the new BetMGM app featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. If you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to place a wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles, Ben Wilson, Danny Burke alongside us. Live Bet Sunday. Of course, we're brought to you by BetMGM. Let's get to our VEASAN pro tip uh, before we reintroduce everyone. And, of course, you find these pro tips every hour, and they're all available for subscribers only at VEASAN.com. And our pro tip for the hour, we saw a case in point earlier in the day. The Jacksonville Jaguars, not used to being favorites at all, definitely not used to being big favorites like they were. The Jaguars today, seven-point favorites, lose outright against Houston. So be careful. And I I need to be listening to our own pro tip here. Be careful (laughs) with backing teams that are not used to be favored (laughs) by volume. And today the Jaguars, the seven-point favorite, lose outright the Houston Texans. So there you go. Our VEASAN pro tip. Again, all of them available for pro subscribers at VEASAN.com. All right, guys. Let's go back to Arizona first. Jalen Hurts touchdown. Uh, the, the seven nothing. Arizona goes three and out. But Philly, Ben, just went three and out right back at him. Right now, Eagles 11 and a half point favorites live with a total of 50 and a half in the desert. And we've seen two drives so far from Arizona resulting in a predictable third and nine where Kyler Murray just trying to run a, a schoolyard play where he scrambled in and ended up having to throw the ball away for a punt. And then a lob pass into double coverage that had no chance of working out that uh, Gardner Johnson intercepts for Philadelphia. So it's funny, Danny, you talked about this earlier and you liked the Philadelphia first half angle. It just seems so easy on paper based on the scripts we'd seen out of the first four games from these two teams. And yet Arizona has played that to a T. They've looked completely lost on offense. And only because on this second drive, Jalen Hurts basically gets eaten by the turf monster on a on a designed run at, on third and one. Hurts had room as he got outside to the left and then just stumbled, ended up with about a seven-yard divot he put into the turf there at State Farm Stadium. Eagles, had he not slipped, would be on the move here, having picked up a first down across midfield. So will we see Arizona pick it up as this game goes? I w- I'd be willing to bet we do at a point. I'm seeing Eagles minus up to minus 12 now behind me at yeah. Circa in the market. I don't know that I want to jump in front of that train, though. And it's just amazing that Arizona c- continues to be unable to figure this stuff out on a week-to-week bas- basis. The game scripting to start is just horrendous from Cliff Kingsbury, and this is now going on five weeks of it. You kind of, again, just one of those blind trends where you just follow it blindly and go ahead. I mean, we know Arizona doesn't show up. 
early in games. And, and look, to Kingsbury's credit, he has adjusted. They played better in second halves most far this so far this year. But Danny is just one of those where every single week a team with talent is just not there for the first 30 minutes. It's really inexcusable on the side of Cliff Kingsbury. So many things he does falls under the category of inexcusable, but you should have the benefit, like Ben was alluding to, of those scripted plays, so to speak, going in to the first quarter of a game. Like it makes no sense how it takes them till the second half to figure something out. And a majority of that is coming from Kyler Murray improvising in those schoolyard type of plays where he just makes magic happen. It's awesome. It's entertaining. Is it sustainable? Of course not. Especially when you have a smaller quarterback like Kyler Murray, who has already sustained injuries himself. Hence why he wanted the bigger contract to get that security for himself. I just don't know what's going on with Arizona. And really the only way you can bet them is if you're live betting them. Like I did last week when we were talking and I said team total over 13 and a half. Well, we've seen them averaging over 14 points in the second half and the Panthers second half defense was atrocious. It's those type of angles is the only way I think you can bet the Arizona Cardinals Jeff for the foreseeable future. I no no disagreement on that. Danny It just, again, mm -hmm. uh, it's weird. He's the Kingsbury is anti what most most of these coaches are in the league. Just he should have been gone already too. Like he shouldn't be there still. <laughs> it I, makes no sense. Could have been. I, again, making the playoffs, even though they collapsed down the stretch last year, I don't have a problem with them starting the year. But I have a hard time imagining if they missed the playoffs of him being back for next yeah. year. By the way, the Rams uh, in the red zone, but it looks like it's going to stall there. A big, the big play on the drive. Yeah. How about 54 yards from Stafford to Tutu Atwell? Welcome to the league, Tutu <laughs> Atwell. Has really done well, nothing so far early in his career. More than Allen Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At Robinson, the intended target on a third and ten play, <laughs> was uh, was arguing for pi, but got no separation from the defender. Yeah, it's funny. You, you thought, all right, well, somebody outside of I know Danny's not surprised. Somebody outside of Cooper Cup would have to begin stepping up for the Rams. And actually, that was the second deep shot Stafford took towards Tutu Atwell, of all people. So that appears to be the, the, at least the early scripted plays. And Atwell brought that one in for 54 yards. Rams drive stalls out. I, I noticed, though, we, we saw in the last, uh, the last sequence, we were in a commercial break, but the Cowboys kicked that field goal to go up 9 nothing Again, strip sack, fumble, and a touchdown, blocked punt, then a three and out, and a field goal for the Cowboys. That's nine points that the Rams gifted to them. There were some nibbles in the market at Rams plus three. The market started at three, pretty much moved down to a consensus two and a half on the Cowboys live. So I think a lot of people were thinking kind of what you were talking about, Danny. All right. Flute couple of plays to start. We still like the spot from where we were. Our pregame position was at on the Rams. And now we see the Rams. They are back to a slight. They were back at least to a slight favorite in the market before that field goal. This just kind of has the feel of one of those spots, though, guys, where we keep seeing Cowboy numbers reposted short, and we see some nibbles here on the Rams with betters expecting L.A. to, uh, to, to work it out and, and get into a rhythm. But outside of one play to Atwell here, I mean, Stafford's still been running for his life. He was pressured three different times on that drive, had to throw it away. I'm, I'm At least for right now, I'm not seeing it at all with L.A., and I'm seeing this reposted here. Cowboys minus one and a half now. This Ram offensive line is just such a big issue against an elite pass rush like Dallas. I, I'm going to stay. I'm – I, I was considering getting in in this game in some fashion. I, I don't think I'm doing anything because Dallas is not Did you like, look at the under, Jeff? It does have all the makings of an in-game under because we already had a nonsense yeah. touchdown on, uh, uh, on 48 the, and a half. The, fumble, the fumble return. You had a nonsense three for Dallas on the off-the-block punt. 
and then you had uh, you, you just had a drive that was one play. You know what? It might not be a bad look, Danny. That might not be a bad look and that's at up all, a especially if you, from uh, from the pregame number. Can you get third? Can you get forty-eight and a half? If you can get forty-eight and a half oh, everywhere. I, yeah, yeah, because I'm seeing, I'm seeing forty six. I would take the forty eight and a half if I had it available. I'm only seeing forty six. Yeah, I got forty eight. I got forty eight. Uh, South, yeah, where you're at, Jeff. South Point, MGM, and uh, I see at least one other Las Vegas book that has it. It is it has juice to the under minus one twenty to one thirty. Yeah, I think I don't think that's a bad play at all. If you can get forty eight, do it. That's what I would do. Um, yeah. If you can get forty eight, forty six and a half, probably not. Forty eight, forty eight and a half. There is a forty eight at DraftKings available. Maybe you go that route, take the under. It has the makings of it, Danny. As we've always talked about, when you get defensive scores or special team scores, it elevates that total when it's really not the offensive scoring, unlike games we saw earlier in the day where Charger-Brown game, that went over because the offenses were good. Yeah, hey, I did find that 48 and a half. All right, I'm locked in, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going in on the under 48 and a half. I do I like that it. it's over the 48. So that'll probably keep me away uh, ben from betting the Rams in terms of the spreader money line here, which realistically is going to save me a bunch of stress. I would imagine. Of of course, I, it, I have to love that in the meantime too. Uh, Carolina finally gets into San Francisco territory, and then immediately uh, a Iki Aquanu holding penalty, so right. first and twenty at the nine or forty-two. <laughs> it's like what could possibly what could possibly happen here? At least Mayfield hits a, a slant route over the middle. I did appreciate that our frequent uh, viewer trip. On Twitter, for both Jeff and I, uh, mentioned to us that this is like the walk-on Baker Mayfield that Carolina is getting, uh, at least at this point in his career. I don't think that's a bad cop whatsoever. He's been uh, absolutely miserable. So, uh, nine and a half right now for for the 49ers, and you're down to 37 and a half on that total. I'm I'm almost a little surprised that that total hasn't been adjusted even more, Jeff, to the yeah. under, considering that thing closed 39, 39 and a half. I mean, you're you're. You're in scoring range, technically. Carolina has missed the field goal in this game. I, I don't know. This kind of – and, again, I'm not – well, that was a great play. Classic on, screen uh, for great, negative five. Uh, well, oh, McCaffrey dropped, dropped it. it. That was good. <laughs> Second down to ten to get McCaffrey crunched uh, by, by Carolina there. Uh, but, again, it, this Panther team stinks. They're really, Poor really, McCaffrey. really terrible. I mean, Cardinals failed to do anything once again, Stunning. Fellas. Stunning. Oh. <laughs> Shocker. Hey, and it might flip the field, though, Danny. Might do that. Now, it wasn't even that good of a punt. Eagle to Eagles will take over at their own 13-yard line as 11-point live favorites against the Arizona Cardinals, up 7-0, two and a half to go first quarter. Uh, we are going to talk to the Hall of Famer next. Vinny Maliulo joins us next here on VEASAN Live Bet Sunday. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.